I feel like we should probably start because there's there's different things about your life that's totally worth talking about right now. But I, I feel like the uh, the best place to start might be the end of the last one because it was okay. officially announced recently after some speculation and everything that the uh, the president's United States of America was officially done for good this time, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. we broke up once before in 98. It was a very different reason and different uh, vibe around it. Bottom line is, I am very proud of the presidents and what we accomplished and the songs we made and <clears throat> how we made people come together and sing and feel good. And the whole thing was really positive. But I also had a voice in my brain or gut somewhere in me saying, congratulations, but you are not done. This is not your final destination. You have to keep digging. And so I was frantically digging away on the side while the presidents were doing their thing. Finally found my real voice, which is Casper Baby Pants. Mm -hmm. And so unlike the time we broke up in 98, where I was just overworked and overwhelmed and, you know, did it in a huff, this time was a very measured, like, unemotional, like, okay, 23 years, that's good. This has run its course. Um, a very dispassionate kind of like, of course, it's time to unplug that machine and just move on. Mm -hmm. So it was a whole, it's a whole different vibe. But it's it was a great ride. Uh, but I'm very happy to have settled now in my very sustainable, very comfortable position as Casper Baby Pants. Yeah, uh, you know, of course, in the '90s, when you, you no bands ever took a break. They they always felt like they had to break up. But then something happened in the 2000s where everybody went, well, what if we just don't say anything just in case we get back together one day? And that happened. But it sounds like there there was an actual reason you had to say you had to say that this is the period not the ellipses. Yeah, that's very well put. Yeah, it just felt like the right thing to do. It's funny, we've always gone by what we kind of feel like doing, with the exception maybe of making our second record, which was kind of rushed. But I love having, that second record, by the way. Oh, thanks, thanks, yeah. yeah. It was a stressful thing. It was a stressful time for us, but we ended up squeezing out some good, some good uh, little tunes there, um, despite that, but... I think that less that taught us the lesson of like let's follow our instincts a little bit and so we broke up and then you know even when we were broken up between 98 and 2002 we made a record together we formed a band with Sir Mix a lot you know we toured with him and recorded and so it's like we've never been inactive we've just kind of followed our instincts and then our instinct you know Chris Novoselic from Nirvana asked us to be his backup band at an award ceremony where he was getting some sort of lifetime achievement award and that's when we kind of looked at each other and went hey we could be the presidents again so and and we did for another 13 years <laughs> so it's weird our little uh, wander has always been kind of like to some degree intuitive and so the in, the part that led us to finish this time was also intuitive. It's like, okay, that's good. And, you know, it was a little more me than those other two guys. If you want to blame somebody, you can blame me. <laughs> blame you know? We used to like to say that for when the first time we broke up, we broke up for the first, the same reason that Soundgarden did, which is that the Chris quit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking, you mentioned Sir Mix a lot there, and I think, you know, because I saw that little documentary that just came out about you too, the mini doc, and, yeah. and, and you were talking about these various collaborations you had through the years, and I think of of any musician I've ever talked to, you might have one of the most unique Rolodexes. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's true. I've got like, you know, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Beck, Weird Al, uh, <laughs> Wayne Kramer from the MC5, you know, just like on and on and on. It's a bizarre, yeah. Sometimes I do kind of sit back and take stock, like think about all the interesting sort of uh, little paths I've crossed and it's 
pretty funny. Right. <laughs> and I like I like that it's varied. You know, I've always been one of those people that like when I lived in Boston, I had a a junky old station wagon, and I used to like to pile it full of friends of mine that didn't know each other and take them to the beach. <laughs> I was always kind of a, it's a connect- fun game. Yeah. 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 And uh, in some ways, that sort of reached out to my musical trajectory. And your musical trajectory has now led, as uh, you'd uh, previously hinted on there, to Casper Baby Pants. Uh, amazingly fun to say, just as fun to listen to. And yeah, this is your new life. As um, do you call it kids music, family music? What's uh, what's the, what's the technical term here? I don't know. I mean, technically, even though there's no genre called this, I call it parent music because I consider the aesthetics of the parents probably eighty five percent. Whereas I, I think about the kids about 15%. Bless so, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a, um, there's a lot to be gained, I think, from a family being able to all love the same song and the same record and the same records. And, uh, you know, there's a great opportunity for bonding over a shared aesthetic experience like that. And so that's why I really, you know, I'm keeping the parents in the loop with mm-hmm. this stuff. And it's hard work, you know, like making this music where it's going to entertain a three-year-old and a 33-year-old at the same time for the same and sometimes different reasons is really hard. But I have no shortage of of ideas, but uh, like the songs flow super easily, but then I have to get down to the critical craft of making it a real Casper Baby Band song. And that part is like science and uh, intuitive science, I guess. But it's it's endlessly hard and challenging, which is why I have twelve records out. The thirteenth is coming out in August, and I have That's I don't incredible. know, I have probably three more after that written and to some degree recorded, actually, actually quite recorded. So I'm I'm way ahead of myself. I'm trying to give myself a little time off to uh, to chill, yeah. but I what, can't stop. What what is that um, that that you know that that scientifical thing that you have to go for that, that you're talking about that well, like what makes it the Casper baby pants other than just a fun little ditty yeah it's beyond a fun little ditty fun little ditties are a dime a dozen really but it's making it um well for one thing i really want the music to be useful and i'm in service to families ultimately so i'm not in service to myself or my ego or my career or my personality or anything like that. I'm really trying to use this music as something that can go out in the world and really help a family when they need it, like when they're bored at home, or or more specifically, when I'm making the songs, I sit back and I think about a family in a car in August, leaving Yosemite National Park, and they're all hot and hungry and tired and mad, and they all have to go to the bathroom, and they all just need to, you know, freak out and you should be they should be able to put my CD in the player in the car and have it help the atmosphere, change the atmosphere, transform the atmosphere. And I get a ton of feedback from parents in the real world who don't know that's my MO, but they'll just walk up to me at the merch table at a show and be like, "You saved our summer vacation, you know, <laughs> drove across country and it wouldn't have worked without your music." And so the nice thing is my intention is being realized for real out there in the world. So the science part of of doing the song stuff is really uh, kind of suppressing my ego and my attachment to my own create creativity and allowing the idea of it being in service to dominate my decisions. Like 
if if you know if if in the end uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll record songs and i'll put a lot of ideas in there like lots of guitars and keyboards and all this stuff and then i have to go back and do what nancy wilson from heart calls a mute party which i love you go back and just start muting things like what can i live without what can i live without and um so i get brutal and ruthless during that phase and sometimes a song that had you know eight like 12 tracks on it ends up having two because you know i get really down to the nitty-gritty so yeah, it's it's super fun in that way. I yeah. love it. And I, you know, there's there's artists that have seemed naturals, especially you know coming from the '90s. I, I think there were a handful of artists of uh, similar style of music that the presidents did, where it was like, oh yeah, they're going to do kids music, and that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. of course, I'm talking about they might be giants and some bare naked ladies and all of these, and all of them have taken that jump, but never seriously. I you know, as far as I can think, you're the only one who was able not just to jump in and make it be more than just a side thing novelty whatever it is but you know i mean 12 albums 13 albums that's that's a career that's a total career at this oh i'm gonna end up with a box set buddy it's gonna (laughs) be amazing i've always and this is the weird thing too i realized that way back when i was in the president's and that little voice was telling me to keep searching that was part of what i imagined was this and you know this like unified body of work that would all be sonically unified and it would have all the same layout of album cover but different characters and colors and then i would end up with a box set at the end of this like arc of music and that was a vague notion back then but it's turned out to be totally true because my wife kate is the one who really inspired me to kind of take the leap full time into kids music with her artwork Mm -hmm. which is on every single album cover i have because it's inexorably connected to you know my purpose as casper baby pants so so many things so many breadcrumbs that i dropped along the way i'm now turning back and looking back down my path and realizing oh that song was a casper song that i wrote 20 years ago or that song was a Casper song that I wrote 15 years ago. Or that song, if I just strip everything out except the chorus, that's a Casper song. And they were, at, to the, at the time, a lot of them were kind of misses to me. Like, oh, well, I'll shelve it. You know, who knows? And now I'm looking back and being like, man, I was Casper Baby Pants the whole the time. time. Yeah. <laughs> now, does that mean that you can also keep some of those old songs? I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know the show, but I would imagine those kids can sing along to Peaches as well as anything. Yeah, you know, I thought about that. In fact, that's funny you mentioned that because just this morning I was kind of, I've had in the back of my mind the idea of Casper does the presidents as an album. <laughs> and I got down to a little bit of work on it this morning and tried to think about how I would do that. I, you know, a lot of times when I do covers, like I'll take an old public domain song like, I don't know, Mary Had a Little Lamb or uh, Put Your Baby in the Air or any of those kind of things. And I'll change all the lyrics and give it a new vibe and kind of grow and like, graft a song off the stock of the original. Uh, and I would want to do the same thing with the president songs, except when I sat down and tried to do that a little bit this morning, I didn't. it didn't work. Yeah. I think baked into those songs is the tension between innuendo and innocence uh-huh. and makes them snappy. And you take out the innuendo, and you just have an okay song. (laughs) (laughs) So is what I found. Now there was one song that the a song called Jennifer's Jacket from our album uh, Love Everybody Mm -hmm. that I liked, and I'm turning it into just clapping and singing, just a little like you know Miss Mary Mac kind of schoolyard jump rope vibe. I think I think that was Mm -hmm. the only one, and and I rewrote Kick Out the Jams to be about me rocking at libraries uh, (laughs) for little kids. 
However, I don't. That's a whole can of worms <laughs> to rewrite my rewrite of you know Weird Alify, my Weird Al version of Kick Out the Jams. I don't know, but I wrote it anyway. Who knows? But yeah. out of all the songs that I played with this morning, those are the only two that kind of survived the fire. Yeah. And in that lane, by the way, I, I heard the uh, the Chuck Berry cover that you just put out uh, with his oh, yeah. passing. Uh, rock and roll music works very well. Uh, yeah. in, in this in this mode. I think it was his. It was his song, maybe one of his few songs that also didn't have any innuendo, you know, mm-hmm. worked in. It wasn't. It was just about loving rock and roll, not about you know, catching Maybelline at the top of the hill and doing something terrible to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the other stuff, uh, the ambient self-titled music that you do, is oh, that yeah. is that just for creative fun? Is there anything planned more with that in the future? Uh, that is. Oh, that sort of stems from a little bit the same, uh, I don't know what, um, purpose as the Casper stuff. I've kind of discovered, you know, there was a point when I was with the presidents and we were really in the thick of promoting ourselves that I had this funny sensation that I can't tell what's the difference between one of our songs and a Sprite commercial. Like the song and the Sprite commercial is supposed to make you want Sprite. Is our song just supposed to make you want the band? Or is it a song that has value outside of a, being just a promotional flag that we're waving? Like, look at us, look at us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got lost in it. I got really upside down in it. And so it's been my purpose ever since to really make the songs the most important thing and promotion and uh, how those songs relate to the personality of the maker is disconnected. The songs really have to live on their own. So anyway, as an extension of that, I've always wanted to make ambient music, and I've tried my whole life, and I failed. I didn't really have a system set up that made what I uh, wanted to do. And one day I woke up. It was the weirdest thing. I woke up, and I was like, I see it. I see how I can lay out a session in Pro Tools to make this happen. And what I was trying to do was have it have the process of making them uh, have an element of randomness so that I wasn't making all the decisions. I would just take a chord on the piano and break it up into each individual note, put each individual note on a separate track, repeating at a different interval, and then hit play and let it go and run it all through a delay and some reverb. And when I did it, I had the, it was cool. I had the sensation of ownership and authorship of it, but I also had the sensation of listening to my own music without knowing what was going to happen next. <laughs> so that was super cool. And then that just spawned a whole, like... I ran with that for a long time and collaborated with a couple people and did. So th- that stuff's just up on the website for free. I didn't. I wanted to have some aspect of my life as a musician that had nothing to do with money or homework. You know, like filling out paperwork or you know, I don't know, paying collaborators or anything like that. So it's just totally free. ChrisBalu.org. A lot of people I get feedback like writers and artists like to use it in the background and it's good for meditation. I do qigong and meditation to it every day and so uh, yeah, it's just there. It's cool to listen to uh, and and all this stuff's fun to listen to. So uh, I'm glad that you're still doing it. However, it's got to come to you because you're you know making it interesting every time. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I it's you know it's the one thing you know as I go throughout my day, I'm like, well, what do I want to do now? And I always want to do something to do with making sound. And when I'm making sound, time falls away, and my I don't know. It's when I, it's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> right. I keep trying to kind of give myself a break and like, oh, I'm gonna take a walk or I'm gonna go on a vacation or something. But 
ultimately, it's all we want to do. So lucky us. Yeah, right. So look out. There's another avalanche of music coming your way. Well, I look forward to it, Chris, and I thank you for uh, taking the time to talk and catch up here. Um, you know, when the box set's ready, uh, I'll be there to listen. Well, thanks a lot, Kyle. I appreciate that. Um, I really appreciate you taking time to talk and uh, reach out to me because I have no publicity plan except for when people like you call my phone. Yeah. So, well, happy we can make it work. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the talk and, uh, and take care. Okay. Right. Good deal. Thanks Bye. a lot, man. Bye. Bye.